0: Can
1: you say hard
0: hats, folks? Hard hats, lunch pails, steel to a boot?
1: Anything short of a championship this year is a a (laughs) failure. Look at this boomer right here. You've just got
0: so much talent here. Somebody said we need to apologize for Jaylen. Can I
2: close it, John? What are we apologizing for? What'd we say? (laughs) What'd we do?
3: Uh
0: uh uh. There he is. Here's my
1: guy. Love that theme music. Burn it, burn it. Burn Yeah,
0: that's that's our that's our. I'm supposed to continue it with, with the rolling, but I don't know what he's doing. He's he must be sleeping over there. I'm it, but anyways, it's all good. Aishra Blakely joining me. There it is. There it is. That's what I'm talking about. Yeah, Aishra Blakely in the house. Jimmy Toscano
1: in the house. Don't awesome. start rapping, Jimmy. Don't do it.
0: <laughs> I'm because I,
1: I see, yeah, because I see you kind of like, yeah, yeah. Shroud is in the house. In. Stop. <laughs> Don't let, me,
0: don't let me get the bars going. Don't let me get the bars going. Is that what they say? Anyways, one thirty-three, one twenty-nine. Celtics kind of squeaked one out here, Shah. We didn't. We didn't expect a close one, I guess, tonight. But um, the way this game started, I think you got to be happy with the way it ended. A really good second half by the Celtics, especially that third quarter. Um, mm-hmm. We'll get. We'll get all into it. A at the game. Bobby Manning is at the game. John Zanis is on uh, load management. Josue Pavone, I think I think it must be date night for Josue. We're not really sure. <laughs> <laughs> uh, rumor is he had a late one with uh, with our, with our good friend Ahmed too. So we'll see what's going on with that. Oh I boy, had to, I have I to call him. Enough. For I that. don't want
1: those. I don't want those two to get together. That, there's nothing <laughs> good can happen.
0: No, nothing too good. But um, it's all good for us over here. It's uh, uh, another win for the Celtics, and again, they made it. They made it. Uh, they made it fun. We'll, we'll, we'll say that they made it fun for the fans at the Garden tonight, the TD Garden. I think. You went into this with maybe low expectations for the uh, um, fun factor. Thought maybe there was a blow-up mm-hmm. potential. But give the Wizards credit. They they came out gunning tonight. They came out Ooh. strong, playing, playing full court, you know, back and forth, running, um, playing mm-hmm. aggressive off Celtics misses. And I think it took the Celtics a little bit to adjust their offensive game plan because it looked like instead of in the first half when they could have been attacking a lot more in the paint, they were settling a little bit for some threes. Yeah. The, the shots were not falling, and when they did go when they did go low down low, Sherrod, they had success. And it, and it started with our our good friend uh, KP Chris D'Ascoli
1: He was a matchup that was they just had no answer for. And, and you, I mean, there were times where you saw he get the ball on an elbow or on a block, and he looked behind him, and it's like freaking Tyus Jones, and it's just like you know feast time. I mean, snacks cupcake. Yeah. I mean, he he had the mismatches Seen pretty much every possession. Uh he finished the game with I think like 30 points, but he could have easily had another 15 or 20. Uh and to your point Jimmy, I the thing that jumped out to me and you, the word to me was aggressive. I thought Washington was aggressive at both ends of the floor. Uh they're not the most talented team in the league. Obviously, we only got nine wins on a season, 42 losses. But they came with an aggressive mindset, and they didn't allow the Celtics to just kind of waltz down and do whatever they wanted to do at either end of the floor. Uh, And so if you're Washington, that's the silver lining that you take from this. And if you're the Celtics, there was never a point where you felt that they had this Washington team on their backs and down out for the count. Uh, even though the third quarter was good and they were able to go up by as many as 15, it still didn't feel as though they had this game done and over with. It felt like they were in control, but it did not feel like it was over. And Washington's to their credit, you know, they kept hanging in there, scrapping, uh, tr- you know, making plays, making shots uh, that kept them in the game. And, and so, you know, if you're the Celtics, you just want to get a win out of this game. Get a win and get your guys healthy. Uh, two things I did not like about this game, though, was the Celtics transition defense. Washington got too many damn layups in transition. It's like 36 to 18 in fast break points. And I didn't like I the fact it. that, yeah, and I think Tatum played in almost 40 minutes. Uh, I think it was like 38, 39, something like that against a team with nine wins. I, didn't, I Tatum's minutes should be lower. Jalen's minutes should be lower. They should have had one of those games where no one cracked more than 30 minutes or so. But Give Washington credit. It forced Joe Mizzou to play his guys their normal minutes. And this was a game that if you're the Celtics in a perfect world, in an ideal world, you're going to be able to cut back a little bit on your core guys' minutes. And they just weren't able to do that because Washington never was out of the game to where, or at a position where the Celtics pretty much had it wrapped up. That just didn't happen to the final. Yeah.
0: And again, you know, I, what did they have 18 fast break points in that first quarter? The wizards did, yeah. they, they were, they were getting out in the break. They were just capitalizing on Celtics misses. And I I think the Celtics again, and I didn't want to start on a negative note because they did win this game, but there was, there was some things to like in this game and there were certainly some things to, to not like,
3: mm-hmm. and
0: this was looking like another example of a Celtics team that was kind of playing with their food a little bit. That was not taking the opponent seriously mm-hmm. And it's easy to look at the Wizards and say, "Yeah, I'm not going to take you seriously." You're you're led by Jordan Poole and yeah. you know Kuzma and those. No offense, or a little bit of offense, but um, you know they the Wizards uh, had a couple guys tonight. Let me who is this guy Kispert? Man, he was all over the place. He might have been the best guy. On he the was board a tonight.
1: he was a he was the best player. But the thing is, he he's one of those guys that again for him he a lot of his success came about by playing off of other. Guys. When yeah. uh, I mean, you look at Jordan Poole, you look at, you know, Kuzma, those guys are going to be, you know, the focal points. But, you know, right. Kisberg, I mean, he did what he did in Gonzaga. I mean, he was a shot maker. Uh, yeah. That's no, he, he's he And he was knocking down shots. He's got good size. He, and, you know, in many respects, he's kind of like their version of Sam Hauser, although I think Sam is actually a little bit more athletic uh than –
0: Damn this, this Kisberg guy was doing stuff. I've never seen he, Sam Hauser do.
1: He could just knock down shots. He was just knocking down shots. I mean, yeah, he wasn't doing anything. He was,
0: like, a he was, he was like, no, he, he he had some nice moves to the basket tonight, too. I got to give him a little bit of credit. And then Koulibaly, you know, a guy that um, I think has got a good future in this league, obviously. He's going to be nice. Care, but, yeah, exactly. I mean, he seems, you know, he's still coming in his own a little bit. But the growth, I think, that he's shown um, – yeah to start there. So we have a, a nice little thing going there. And I sell this. I think, I think they got punched in the mouth a little bit to start this game off. And mm-hmm. I imagine Joe lit into them at halftime because the way that they closed that second quarter, Sherrod, that second quarter, that was pathetic. That I was mean, weird. that was nothing short of pathetic.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And, and, and Joe has every reason to rip them for that because it's inexcusable. You know, you have been the best team at home all season long. This is one of the worst teams, not just in the East, but in the NBA. Uh, and okay. there you are like, you know, basically, you know, trying, you know, to, to get back to the game and, and stay w- within striking distance of him. That should never happen. I mean, you shouldn't need a damn Peyton Pritchard half court prayer, uh, to, to make it, you know, relatively close game at that point. Uh so nah I'm this was again. you are. That's I'm okay,
0: Jimmy.
1: Again, man. You I, I, I You've been blurry all your life, Jimmy. But it's okay. You still my guy, though. You we got gel-
0: we got to get Chelsea to get me a better webcam. This guy's skimping over here. But um, let me ask you a question, Gerard. What's the word to describe when the Celtics put in a performance like this? Is it concerned? Is it annoyed? Is it disappointed? Is it angry? Is it is it app like do you do you not care? I mean, because there's been a few of these now, and they're starting, I think, to show themselves a little bit more often than they did. Let's say the first. Quarter first half first third of the of the season, as I return here to to Mm -hmm. to, everyone can see my beautiful face now. Um, what what is it? Yeah, somebody in the comments says bored. Uh, You know, are they bored? Or or really want to know is what are what are your feelings? Not you know what they are.
1: Well, when when I see them have games like this, my my first thought is just um lethargic. Uh, Mm um don't give a f. Uh, we we don't have to play our a game to beat these guys. We didn't even have to play our B or C game. Uh, this was I – I couldn't even call this an average game for the Celtics. I mean, this was – they did not do as many good things as you want. They, they had the one matchup that they could have absolutely milked all game long, and that's whoever was guarding Perzingis. And they did they did a decent amount of that, but it felt like they could have done more. Uh, it took Tatum a while to get going, and he—and the thing about Tatum, his numbers look great, but if you watch him play in the first half, ugh. Uh, it was not pretty and, and I'm yeah. not sure what's going on with Jalen uh Jalen was really good uh shot making <laughs> I thought his defense was good and then the ball just stopped coming his way and and he was on the bench uh just resting and I when Jalen is having a highly efficient game and he's getting other guys involved I want him out there a lot mm-hmm. uh and I, and i I thought he could have played a, f- a couple more minutes and he wound up playing uh but if, at the end of the day if you're the Celtics did we get the win check? Did we uh, get through this game healthy check? Uh, and once you can check those two boxes off, really everything else is just water under the bridge.
0: You mentioned Jalen. I thought it was it was an interesting uh, Jalen night tonight because up until late in the game, he didn't even take a three-pointer in this one shot. And he has been, sh- and he missed it. Uh, he has been struggling from three uh, over the last mm-hmm. handful of games here. And I thought he made a point tonight to try to score just in the paint, mid-range game, you know, kind of, and which he's been effective at all year. Yeah. He's he's been really good shooting mm-hmm. from and you know from from inside the three. So I don't mm-hmm. know if he's just saying, you know, what, I'm gonna I'm gonna play to my strengths right now. I'm not I'm not gonna force threes. I'm gonna take what you know uh, I can get inside there and and yeah. be aggressive with Now, still, you know, and we got over here at minus 15 in this one, so not the number you want to see. Yeah. Um, obviously, wasn't a part of that. You know, third quarter um, comeback that they had that nice little stretch run they had led by, mm-hmm. again, I think it was like, that was a lot of Tatum. I and mean, we'll get into Tatum a, in a little bit, but mm-hmm. you mentioned Brown. And I just thought it was worth mentioning that nine and 15, no free throws and one three uh, point. So 15 field goals tonight from inside the three point line. That, that is rare to see at
1: least I'm more is. likely
0: to see 15, three point attempts than 15, mm-hmm. two point attempts.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And, and it was a clear, you know, effort on his part to just, Take what the defense gives you, and they are so afraid, and most teams are, of you know Jalen uh, getting all the way to the rim. That he was just selling on the mid range, which is great for him, because he could knock that shot down. Uh, he was another guy that they had trouble Washington at his guarding him. And Jalen wisely took the shots that he was able to get and didn't uh, bail them out defensively and just take threes. Uh, Tatum was a little bit more balanced in terms of his shot selection. He took 22 shots, ten of them were threes. So you're talking, you know, pretty fairly balanced uh, equality in terms of two pointers versus three pointers. Uh, but to, you know, Jalen, even though he was minus 15, I really liked what I saw of him today. Um, I, I like the shot selection. Uh, I like the fact that defensively, you know, he 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 made some really nice plays, got in guys' face, crowded them, forced them to take some contested shots that, you know, were misses or airballs. I thought it, it, this is one of those games where the plus-minus doesn't really, I think, reflect the way he played. Like, they were not horrible when Jalen was on the floor tonight. I thought they were pretty good. Uh, it's just that Washington, he, he just – it was one of those stretches where Washington was knocking out lots of shots when he was out there, and it wasn't necessarily his guy, but he was part of the unit that that was happening. Yeah. With so yeah. I mean, um, they went
3: on I, that quick
0: that quick run at the end of the second quarter. There was it like nine zero just in the second quarter, and then um, it was you know it was it was a streaky game for sure. That that second half, of Celtics went on their runs. They had multiple. I think they went like eight two run, maybe it was like 12, mm-hmm. two, something like that, in the in the third, and they were able to right. flip that score right around. I mean, that's. That's what good teams do against bad teams. And you you didn't think, or you probably didn't expect the Wizards to be able to keep up that pace that they were on and that aggressiveness for a full 48. Got to give them credit for hanging in there and for giving it all they had. But at the end of the day, talent wins out, and this Wizards team is just nowhere near where the Celtics team is. We've Mm -hmm. talked about about, um, um, Porzingis off the top, and I do want to talk about Porzingis again in a bit. But Tatum tonight, a little bit of a tale of two halves. First half, yeah. you, you mentioned the struggling. I absolutely loved second half Tatum tonight. Aggressive. That was – yeah. Yeah. I mean, aggressive, driving to the hoop, throwing it down, and not just, not just aggressive scoring, but – How many assists do he end up with eight assists? And these were nice passes. These weren't just little here you go. I mean, he was seeing the court well. He had a couple of nice passes to Drew Holiday, who made some good cuts. Really really nice one where he drove to the rim and then kicked it back out. I Mm -hmm. forget who hit the three. Might have been Porzingis. I think it was. But when he's aggressive and driving to the rim, that forces defenses to collapse on him. And then guys are open. It's really what it comes down to. When it's just him or when it's player, when it's him or whoever it is, player B. Focusing too much on that three-point step-back fadeaway that never goes in, that's when teams get the ball, opposing teams get the ball in transition and they score in transition, and that's how you get your 18, point, uh, 18 fast break points in the first quarter. As soon as they switched it up offensively and they st- made a conscious effort to take it to this Wizards team that does not have an interior presence whatsoever, and you knew that that was that was the game plan tonight. It had to be because. The other thing I want to get into, sure, and I'll let you touch on Tatum, but I want to get into Porzingis right after that because they would really focused on him. But, but the difference between Tatum first half and second tonight, half, second half tonight,
1: huge. I mean, it, it was really, it literally was a tale of two halves with Tatum. Uh, offensively, I, I thought he was trying to deliver the knockout punch a little too much in the first half, thinking that you know if I knock down this three, this is this will. This will do it. They'll fall. They'll falter. Uh, But in the second half, he he did exactly what your best player is supposed to do. Uh, Make sure you everyone else eats before you so that when it comes to end of the night, you got all you can feast. You can take over. And he did that. I, I, his ability to suck in that Wizards defense and spray the ball to different guys, whether it's Drew Holiday, you know, whether it's Sam, uh, you know, Hauser, whether whoever it was, Jalen Brown, it didn't matter. He was getting the ball to all of his teammates. And that softened up that 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 Wizards defense, which is already soft to begin with, so that he's able to go downhill and finish at the rim with the left hand. He's able to get easy dunks, uh, get the ball on the block, and and, and force their defense to react to what you've already done. And it it kept Washington in the second half. They were just never able to get any kind of flow or rhythm on how to contain Tatum and how to make him a non-factor. Because the thing that he continues to evolve into, he is becoming a multi talented impact player offensively. He's right. getting away from just being a guy that shoots threes and gets, buck, gets uh, points that way. He's being, a, he's becoming more of a assist guy, a hockey assist guy. Uh, you know, Joe Mazzulla, as we know, he likes to take take pride in those potential assists. You know, a yeah. lot of those, those potential assists that, you know, that we've been talking about with Tatum and Brown, those are still, they be, actually became assists. Uh, guys were knocking down shots. And, and, and again, this, because of his Wizards defense, it is what it is. Guys were knocking on open shots. And that's one of the things that sometimes yeah. frustrates people with Jason is that if he just looks to pass a little bit more than he has historically, he's going to find guys who are wide open. And I think right now he's kind of in this flow where he's doing exactly that. He's looking for guys uh, who are in position to knock down shots. You know, And one of those guys, you know, I thought tonight, you know, we'll talk about him later maybe, but Drew Holiday, this is one of the better games we've seen Drew in terms of shot making in a while. Um, but Tatum, again, when your best player has a feed everyone else mentality and does that early on, you're going to have nights where you're not going to be able to, to shoot it as well as you want consistently, but you're going to make sure that your team is not totally taken out of the game because you're making sure everyone else is involved.
0: Right. And I mean, he could have fallen into that Tatum could have fallen into bad habits again and just continue to force that three in that second half. But instead he got, he just went into like that killer mentality, that killer mode where he's like, you know what, I'm just going to do my thing. I'm going to work my way to the basket. I'm better than you. I'm quicker than you. I have a better handle than you, and I can finish at the rim. And yeah. that's like the unlocked Jason Tatum. You know, He's still going to take his three-pointers, and I don't want him to not take threes anymore. I'd like him to take better threes more often than he does. But the fact that he can just switch into that other attack mode yeah. That opens things up, like you said, for everybody else. Now Drew Holiday is getting wide open threes because defenses are, are collapsing on guys like Tatum or Brown. And when he's you know being aggressive, now Porzingis is getting wide open looks, and um, you know, that's just and and obviously uh you know Derek White, who had more of a quiet night tonight, but typically mm-hmm. he's benefiting benefiting greatly um when those guys are being aggressive. Mm-hmm. But I gotta tell you what, the guy who benefited most tonight, Gerard. Not just tonight. This has been a trend over the last handful of games now. And I've been calling for it. I've been calling for it all year. You traded for this guy in the offseason, Chris Stapps Porzingis. Figure out a way to utilize this guy as early and as often as you possibly can. He's He's your cheat code out there. Mm-hmm. He's a seven-footer who can score from all over, literally all over, 3.18 feet, 15 mm-hmm. feet, 3 feet, wherever you put him, he's going to be able to score over the defender. Tonight they made a point. It was one on the, if you, if you had access to that Celtics locker before the game one on the top list, feed Porzingis that had to have been the top thing. And they did it. I get, you got to give him credit. They, they, they exploited the mismatch uh, for Porzingis 18 field goal attempts tonight. That doesn't even tell a story. He went to the line 14 times. The guy took way more shots than the 18 that you see uh, on the box score. And, Another credit to where it's due, 14 of 14 from the line, 34 points, 11 rebounds. Um, he's been everything and more this team needs. But when you look at the recent – you look at recently what his production's been. 18 field goals tonight, 19 last last game, 17 before that, 15, 17. The last handful of games, Rod, they're really making a point. And then a couple after that, 21. So they're finally starting to say, oh, that's right. We have this guy on our team, you know, and it's not mm-hmm. just – Tatum and Brown, Tatum and Brown, you're now giving this, you know, a very, very capable quote unquote third option. Some people might even say he's the second option on this team. Mm -hmm. Um, And and he's showing them why. I mean, it's, to me, it's, it's, it's just nice to see that finally happening. It took a little bit, but it's, not too late at least
1: yeah and, and you know you, you knew it was going to take them some time to just really get into a flow and rhythm and and frankly understand how to utilize them i mean remember this is a the core of this group has been together for a minute and Porzingis is the new guy still coming yeah. in and, and i know that he's had now what 50 games or so to be with these guys mm-hmm. but you're talking about a group that has competed at the highest of levels for years they've got you know, way more than 50 some games, like Tatum and, and, and Jalen, you know, it wasn't like they were clicking in the first, at the first 50 games that they played together. It took them some time. Uh, so Porzingis, I, I think is, is finally comfortable uh, taking on a little bit more of an offensive low, because I think when he came here, he looked around and like, and like most of us and he says Tatum first team, all NBA, Jalen, second team, all NBA, 20 shots there. 18 shots there. Maybe I'll hit double figures. Uh, but clearly that's not enough because he has so much more he can offer, so much more that he can give to the game. And the Celtics are doing a little bit better job of taking advantage of that because think about this. Kyle Kuzman was a starting center. He's 6'9". So the guy that Perzingis is essentially being defended by early on, he's got a 5-inch advantage over that guy. Right. Uh, and when and when you <laughs> and when you start running switches and you get guys like Tyus Jones guarding him, you've got like a damn foot on this guy. Uh I, I frankly I think they should have got singers his ball even more than they did. And, and 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 they're making an effort to do that. But he is as Jim as you pointed out, he it really is a cheat code for them. Uh, he's the one guy that pretty much every night they play, he's going to have a mismatch on offense. And because of the way they are on one strain defensively, he's not going to be a liability at the other end of the floor. Uh, there's some guys that obviously are going to give him problems because they give all guys, all bigs problems. But for the most part, Porzingis has done a decent job defensively. Uh, he's coming into his own as an offensive scoring threat and he becomes one more problem that when teams are game planning against the Celtics, they've got to pay close attention to because the the Celtics, basically they're starting five. You've got five guys who can go for 30 on any given night. There's very few teams that you you can look at and say they've got five guys, all five guys in the starting lineup can go for 30, and it would not be a surprise. It would not be. And that's – and Porzingis is one of those guys, and Porzingis is the one guy that typically has the most decisive – mismatch and it's it's good to see the Celtics recognizing that uh and and again getting great value out of that.
0: Facts, my dog. We got a um we have a uh clip that we want to put up right now. This is um talking about that second half sort of switch that the Celtics who's,
3: who's talking? Is it Joe? That's,
0: it's Joe. It's Joe. Uh, I think Gary asked him the question on you know what did he say in the locker room to these guys to, to switch things up. Okay. Let's see if Ahmed is queuing it. Or- how
2: do you allow 42 in the fourth after 16 in the third? What happened defensively in the fourth? They had seven threes. What happened
1: defensively in the fourth? They shot 43%. For a team that doesn't usually shoot that well shot 43% from three. Mm-hmm. And yep. what did you say to them at halftime? Uh, I showed them the 10 points in transition that I thought were effort-based. Mm-hmm. And that was it. And how do you? And I told a couple jokes in the third quarter
3: mind is sharing. Well, let's bit. hear the jokes. No,
1: pretty inappropriate jokes. Oh,
3: okay. well, yeah. damn. <laughs> they broke
1: the tension because we were playing with the expectation of why is the game going the way it's going right now instead of just enjoying the fact that they, this is a game, so we should just compete. Are so you guys we, playing damn. tight?
3: I'm not playing tight, um, but the expectation of what how we think things should be, so I'm not,
1: not playing tight. There were some good jokes, though.
3: I'm sure they were. we're sure I'm sure
1: I'm off the record with you. Ah, okay. see, there we go. There Look at go. that there, smile.
0: There, there's Weird Joe again. Amit, get me out of this thing. I like that Joe.
1: I like that. That's not Weird Joe. That's the Joe I like. That's. I like that Joe. You see the smile afterwards? I'll I'll share that Joe I can't, with you later. If, I,
0: can't I can't. tell if it's a if it's a I like you smile or I'll tell it to you later. Like right before I I kill you. Type of kill style. you? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's the murder that's, that's, the murderous yeah. smile it's a murder it's a very mischievous smile you know what i'm saying so i'm not really sure about that one well, i don't know but, if you, but, you but
1: the, the point, last thing but you see j- is that smile right right but joe the one point he made that I, th- I think was really spot on was he this is an atypical shooting night for washington from three-point range they're one of the bottom five teams in the nba in terms of three-point percentage and they shot you know, better than 40. Uh, when a team is having a night like that, it's going to be a closer game than expected because they're doing things above and beyond their typical run-of-the-mill type of game, which is what you expect when a team is nine and 42. So I, I so Joe, I I and I, I I I give them a little bit of credit for not being lulled into trying to jack their way back into the game like the right. Celtics take 34 threes which is a low number for them you know particularly against a team that is shooting lots of threes and making a lot of threes uh we've, we've seen time and time again where they'll see a team make a couple threes in a row and all of a sudden they're not even trying to swing the ball and, and try to get in any type of motion action and get a good shot they're just trying to jack threes to try to you know if you can make threes I can too they didn't get lulled into that, which was good to see, because it, I know there, there were a couple of possessions where Tatum. I was pleasantly surprised where he passed up a shot, three point shot instead of which would a good shot. Instead, he tried to get a great one. Uh, and to me, a great one for anyone is a wide open shot. Uh, and, and they were able to get a decent amount of those uh, because of their ability to keep the ball moving.
0: I like that Joe at least uh, called them out for the for the effort based uh, points that they gave up, Sherrod. Mm-hmm. I mean, I think we all we all that was if you never played basketball in your life or knew anything about basketball, you could just be like, something's right, something's not yeah. right there. Right. That was too easy for the for those guys to score the way that they did, and so I in that situation, I mean, you, you really don't have to say much, right? I mean, if you if you play the clip, these guys watch themselves. Lolly Gagan back on defense right. or or just half-assing it up the court or even down the court you're gonna be able to say okay yeah like we 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 gonna stop playing like assholes
1: yeah yeah and they, and they did and they were and it wasn't just one guy either I mean early on there were multiple guys who just you could tell that their effort their focus their energy whatever the hell you want to call it it just wasn't where it needed to be uh and, and that being said you know, it says a lot about how bad this Wizards team was because even mm-hmm. when they were playing a collective, like, basically, you know, walkthrough in in, in an actual game, they were right there. They were they were. I mean, the, for the first in the first half, like, neither team was able to lead by more than seven points. It wasn't until the third quarter that the Celtics started breaking it open and, and someone took a double digit lead. So this was a game that the Celtics, like I say they just weren't very good in the first half. And a lot of it was their own. It wasn't anything Washington was doing as much as it was them simply not locking in the way they need to, the way they're capable of. We saw more of that in the second half. We didn't see as much as I would have liked, but we saw more of it in the second half and they were able to come out of here and get, and get the win. A game that was even with them kind of recalibrating in the second half, this game shouldn't have been a four point game.
0: No. And, and, um, I think the difference, you know, listen, when you're when you're the Celtics and you're playing the Wizards, you kind of know that you can get away with with playing the way that you're playing because you assume that you can just flip the switch and turn it on and play like you did in the second half and win the game. That's fine and dandy. They're right; they can do that. But my good. problem with it has been, and this is the first time it's happened this season. It's happened a few times. Right. My problem with that has been against a good team. There is no comeback like that. There's there is no ability to you can you can you can turn it up a notch or two and compete but you can't expect to turn a you know 10 point deficit into a 15 point lead against a playoff caliber team and if you get into those habits where you're taking plays off you're taking quarters off you're coming out slow or maybe you know you're you you're not too up on the opponent where enough where you're fired up enough to play they punch you in the mouth they're just going to keep punching. They're not going to. They, yeah. they are going. They are going to be talented to hold on to that lead. Unlike a team like the Wizards, who you won't see in you know June or
1: May. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but but the thing is, they don't really have a problem getting up for good teams. Uh, they oh, yeah. have one. They've had one or two hiccups this year, but for the most part, the better the team they play, the better they actually play. And and a lot of it has to do with their focus. I, I think they're at a point now where. They're anxious to get to the playoffs, but they know that the playoffs—it's a journey to, to get there—and they're not quite through the journey or to the point in the journey where they need to be locked in on that. So they need teams like Milwaukee and Philadelphia, yeah. teams that are at that, that upper echelon in the East, to play—not just to get a gauge of where they stack up against it, but just to keep them building that muscle memory to have the kind of focus that you're going to need in the postseason. Uh, they're yeah. going to have games where. Teams are going to make way more shots than they normally do. Are you going to have enough focus and, and where we fall to to transition and, and recalibrate what you need to do out there so that you can not allow the game to get out of hand? Uh, that's uh, again, it's, it's something that they're definitely. Um, so then, does it it's matter? Something to watch. Does it matter does, then
0: if it's just they they get it for the big games anyways? Do we do we how like how do we how do we? Think or talk about a game like this or another or a game against another bad team where this is going to happen. Do we care?
1: We do care, and we, we care because you still have to stack the W's so that you can get home court advantage. You and what you if you've got the best record at home this year, which they do, uh, behind them is Denver, Denver's like 21 and four, uh, at, at home, and, and Celtics slightly percentage points better than them, uh, in their building. You want to continue to keep that, uh, because that is something that. You, it's probably going to win you a series yeah. at some point in the playoffs. You're going to have a best of seven, and that game seven is going to be in your building. And that home court advantage may very well be what gets you over the hump out of that series and onto the next one. So, it's important that you win these type of games against teams you're supposed to. Now, how you do it, not as important, but what I look for in these type of games. I look for the Peyton Pritchers, the Sam Housers, the Al Horfers, the guys that are part of the rotation but aren't necessarily counted on to deliver big games. I look for them to make the most of these opportunities uh, because they're the ones that, uh, you know, you you want them to be able to hit the ground running. And the right. only way I think you can really do that is get reps and get opportunities uh, so that when you do get your opportunity in the playoffs, even if it may be for a limited amount of time, you've got enough confidence and you got enough swag about you where I may only get, you know, these next four minutes, but I'm going to get like six points. I'm going to make a steal. I'm going to do something that's going to help the team because when I was getting like 10, 12, 15 minutes in a regular season, I didn't waste time. I didn't allow the game to come to me when you're a bench player, you can't do that. You got to go out there and get yours, especially when you're coming subbing in for a guy like Jason Tatum or Jalen Brown or, or Brazilian. So uh, I think, these type of games are really important for the guys that are kind of, you know, on the edges of what you do and what your core is. Uh But for Jason Tatum, for Jalen Brown, this was just, you know, been there, done that, do this in my sleep. I mean, this yeah. is who they are. I mean, I mean, I mean, Tatum had a damn near triple double tonight. Yeah, I know. Uh, and he basically, heads. he basically carried, did, got, did most of his damage in two quarter, really the third quarter.
3: Yeah. Fourth, I mean, that,
1: that,
0: that third quarter was basically yeah. him, him saying, yeah, like I'm still Jason Tatum. I think he had 13, yeah. 13 in that quarter. A couple, again, a couple nice passes. Um, he was the, the, he was the reason, you know, reason behind that, that comeback that they, that they made in that third quarter. Mm-hmm. Somebody commented at the beginning of the show, Chris S Porzingis would be a good futures bet for NBA finals MVP. I don't think you can make that bet yet. Well, oh, this isn't even the
3: one. Happy Super Bowl to all who celebrate from FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook. FanDuel has so many ways for you to end the season with a W. Not only can you bet on who will win Super Bowl 58, but FanDuel also has bets. Which players will score a touchdown? How many points will be scored? And so much more. New customers join today and you get $200 in bonus bets if your first bet of $5 or more wins. Just visit FanDuel.com slash Boston to sign up. That's FanDuel.com slash Boston. Make every moment more with FanDuel, an official sportsbook partner of the NFL. 21 plus and present in Massachusetts. Hope is here. First online real money wager only. $10 first deposit required. Bonus issued as non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire seven days after receipt. Restrictions apply. See terms at Sportsbook.FanDuel.com helpline ma.org or call 800-327-5050 for 24 7 support play it smart from the start gamesensema.com or call 1-800-GAM-1234
0: I'm gonna ask you one thing Sherrod when it comes down to the, the main bet who do you bet in this game Let I me mean, let me just give you the line right here so we know what we're betting on we got San Fran is minus two and a half right now the Ooh. over the over under is forty seven and a half. Those are the two the two main bets. So, yeah. um, if you are going to bet San Fran minus two and a half, are you going to bet uh, a money line on either team? What do you
1: got? I am taking Kansas City. You taking, taking Kansas City with,
0: with the points or money line?
1: With the points. Okay, you are taking you are
0: taking Mahomes with the points. You are basically saying.
1: I absolutely. Listen, Mahomes is a different kind of dude in these games. He is to me, him and Tom Brady. Yes, I'm going to throw Tom Brady's name in the mix. They are the cheat codes. They're the cheat codes when it comes to Super Bowl. They're not always going to be their absolute best, but they figure out a way to win. And that's all you're that's, that's literally the only thing that you care about when you are an NFL quarterback in the Super Bowl. It doesn't matter if you throw for 300 yards or you throw seven picks. If you throw seven picks and you win 24-23, guess what? You're still a Super Bowl freaking champion. That's what this is about. Uh, I, I I don't feel good about Purdy stepping yeah. up and carrying the nine. And, and, and McCaffrey, who is just phenomenal, uh, best running back in the game, I think he's going to be impactful, obviously, but I don't think he's – going to be able to carry them. Uh and they're gonna and they're gonna need for them to win this game, they're going to need someone to carry them. The It's DNC. Yeah, the Chiefs have two guys who've done that. Uh then Mahomes and, and Kelsey. So it's like I got two guys I know can win this game and carry a team. I got no one on the other side that I know oh. can carry this team. You're no under one. you're underestimating McCaffrey, I think, dude. This guy is a touchdown I, I look he is but I'm, I, this is a different game, Jimmy. This this like, this particular. I like, go ahead. I like,
0: I like San Fran's D line too, and I and and here's the thing. You mentioned Brady, and I'm glad you did because he is the goat, and he always will be. Mahomes. He will not always be. He will always be. Mahomes will find ways to win a Super Bowl, except. When he lost to Tom Brady a couple years ago, people forget already, and they already want to say that he's better than Tom Brady.
1: He, he's not. but He's, he's not he's,
0: even done untying his cleats from losing to Tom Brady in the Super Bowl. Perhaps. And the people want to say he's better than Tom Brady. He's nowhere near. And that's another reason why I'm not going to take the Chiefs on Sunday. I can't even fathom this. I'm not. Even, I'm not a good better because I can't bet with my brain. If I do think the Chiefs are going to win, I cannot bet on Mahomes. I cannot bet on Kelsey because, in my heart of hearts, I know that Brady and Gronk. Are better than Mahomes and Kelsey, but
1: you know, but Jimmy, now. your heart, is, but your head is telling you that if Kansas City wins this game, the the narrative becomes not the that they're better, than will them, be. so it becomes a conversation that you absolutely have to have. No, you don't. Who's you don't you, have to have it. We're gonna have to, we're gonna have to have
0: it because there's no other good storylines in the NFL. It's Mahomes and everybody else. But if you compare Mahomes' career to Brady's career, Brady has three times. Brady has three of Mahomes' career. Okay, so if Mahomes has to do what he does on Sunday, he's going to do that two more times over again. He has to have his career two more times, and then we can have that conversation. But I know all the radio people and everyone on Sports Talk is going to have to have that conversation because they need to fill airwaves. But stats are the stats. Championships are the championships. And those don't lie. Mahomes is nowhere near Brady at this point in his career. Talk to me in 10 years, we can have that conversation. That being said... If Mahomes wins on Sunday, yes, the con- people will start ch- talking about it, but we're not even close yet. If he loses on Sunday, I never want to hear it again. I never want to hear it again. I'll say that. So that's where I'm at with that conversation. But anyways, that's the FanDuel read. So hopefully I, I did that Hopefully I did that read justice. I'm not sure if we want to stop. But anyways, guys, $200 in bonus bets. If your first bet of $5 or more wins, visit FanDuel.com slash Boston. Yes, Bobby Manning is going to be joining us. He's just waiting on Chris Tapp's Porzingis. We will allow it because uh, we do want to hear what Porzingis um, had to say tonight because he did have such a good game. Um, <laughs> Sherrod, another guy we haven't talked about yet that you did mention,
1: Drew Holiday. Drew, man. Drew. The, is, other, uh, the
0: other addition to this team, Drew Holiday, um, brought it tonight. I don't have the um, – He was
1: good, man.
0: But 20 points on 9 20. of 13 from the field, seven rebounds. Yes five assists again, didn't benefit from the plus minus in the plus minus department, much like Jalen Brown tonight, minus 11. Again, I think he was a victim of, of a couple of, of, um, Wizards runs there. Um, but he was a part of that third quarter, um, that third quarter effective play by the Celtics. And yeah. so got to give him his flowers tonight.
1: He was good, man. I, I, I love the fact that the Celtics did a really good job of keeping the ball movement. And he was, maybe one of if not the biggest benefactor of that style of play. Uh when the Celtics had the ball popping for some reason they found Drew wide open in the corner or wide open on the wing. And and he made the Wizards pay repeatedly uh when that happened. And, and it's just good to see him just looking like that dude that we saw in Milwaukee for all those years. Uh, you know, there, there's been some you know some have questioned how much does he still have in the tank and things like that. Drew's got quite a bit in the tank. And, I, and you know, I, I go back to something Porzingis, you know, said a few weeks ago where he talked about Drew Holiday has sacrificed more than anyone else on his team. And that's saying a lot uh, when your teammates recognize just how much you are basically holding back, because that's not necessarily what the team needs in order to be successful. But they're going to be nice where they're going to need Drew Holiday to get buckets. Uh, And this was one of those games where it was great to see him get into a flow, knock down big shots. He took only two threes and made them both. Uh, He got seven rebounds, five, six assists. Uh, You know, I think he had like one or two turnovers. He had a a pretty good, well-balanced game. And like I said, they're they're going to need that from him from time to time as they make this journey through the playoffs. And, you know, for their sake, hopefully to the NBA Finals.
0: Yeah, and again, he brings that toughness too. I mean, they they just traded for a guy in Tillman who's got that toughness. But Drew Holiday is on the court, you know, and we don't know what really don't know, know what Tillman's role is going to be yet. And I think Hall. I'm not saying Holiday is this you know badass guy on the court. That's not his. That's not his game. But physically, he's tough. He can he plays hard. He can body up against pretty much anybody in the NBA. They'll put him up against, and that's a physical presence that you're going to need in the playoffs when the game does get physical. Now you've got yeah. a guy. If you get another situation where where big bad Boogeyman Butler is running around doing whatever he wants, and everyone on the Celtics uh, is is shaking in their boots except the one guy you don't want to be, Grant I, Williams, rest in peace, right. then you got a guy like Holiday who's
1: alive? He's home. just in Charlotte. That's not technically dead.
0: It, his his NBA
1: career. <laughs> 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 he, says, Jimmy Jimmy, come rest in peace. He's just he's in Charlotte, Jimmy. He's not right. a, like. Some third world country? I man? wouldn't say
0: uh, Charlotte, great, great city, but I wouldn't say the organization is where. Yeah, where... rest
1: in peace, Grant. <laughs> <laughs> we're Damn, gonna, talk,
3: we're gonna, we are going to
0: we are going to talk about Grant, guys, at the end of the show. We're gonna get Bobby on here. We're gonna ask him what his take is on the show uh, on the game. Let him do his thing, and then we're gonna, well, we're gonna hit on a couple of things. That before,
1: we before we get off of Drew though, Jimmy, I, I, yeah. I want to point. Drew, if they do want to play in Miami Heat, it will be personal for drew because jimmy butler absolutely filleted him last year it was bad it, the way jimmy butler outplayed him raised that was the point where folks started questioning how much did drew still have left in the tank is that is because, that when Giannis said get him out of here i don't know but we all know Giannis has quite a bit of pull uh and he, he's not he's not he's not the least bit shy about flexing that pull
3: i don't think go. that's what
1: happened because i i i Bottom, Bottom line is, is Jimmy Butler Drew. Coach. There you go, Drew. I believe if they played Miami, we would see the best version of Drew. I think we would see, like what well, we saw tonight, only even better. Uh, because I, it's personal, man. I mean, I mean, Jimmy Butler made him look really bad.
0: Yeah, I mean, um, the thing is, what the thing is with Drew, the twenty points are are great. You hmm. want to see that shot falling, um, because I think at the beginning of the year, people were wondering, like, okay, can he score? And and we know yeah. that he can, but. It's always been about the defense for for holiday, right? Yeah. I mean, I mean yeah. the, the points are a bonus. If you can get him 15 plus points a game, that's to me, that's where you want to be. Um yeah. and just you know, he made some good cuts tonight. I thought he made himself open. Mm-hmm. Um, I think he was able to exploit some of the um weaknesses on that on that wizard's defense, took advantage of it. And that's when Tatum, I think you know, I think he probably benefited a few of from a few of Tatum's passes tonight. Um, and so you know, good on holiday. It's a good I think a good veteran awareness of him, and maybe maybe you know Cassell might be a guy that's a, you know they might have. a I don't know much about their relationship, um, working relationship, whatever. But I feel like they'd be good. Uh, There'd be a good like I don't know tandem together.
1: Yeah, and and the other assistant coach Charles Lee, who was in Milwaukee with Drew, that's another one that yeah uh, is is really I think important. But the the, the big thing. With Drew, to your point, Jimmy, is this defense? Not only is it something that we recognize, but players in the league believe he's the best on-ball the ball defender. When they had that survey, like before yep. the season started, and Drew Holiday was was voted as the best on-ball defender by the guys who he is guarding. Uh, so to me, it's Drew is again. He, I think him and Porzingis the new guys that they didn't have around last year. They're both X factors for this team. Uh, because they have the ability and the capacity to cause problems for opponents that the Celtics weren't quite able to do to the extent that they can now with those two guys. Bobby Manning. Bobby
0: Manning in the building, everybody. We were wondering if you were still here. How are we doing, Bobby?
2: Good. Good uh, Good finish to this one.
0: Give us the vibe. Like Give us the vibe right now
2: at least from talking to Chris staffs you know, the only guy I heard from on the team. And of course, Joe, uh, there's not a oh, ton of concern like about this one. Cause Joe's just
1: what reacted was, yeah, What
2: was that? Bobby. Well, sure. Uh, Joe, Joe's reacted the same to pretty much all of these slip up games recently, sure. you know, whether it's the Lakers or the Hawks. And he even said, he didn't feel like the Hawks was much of a slip up game. He, he thought they defended well in that one. And, he did say they played poorly in this one. Uh, so there's certainly admission of things they did wrong here. Uh, not just missed layups, which is kind of where I went because I know that's where his focus is usually on. But he said every missed shot kind of put the Celtics in a poor position in transition in this one. Uh, and the effort was bad. He said they, he showed them, you know, 10 transition points they shouldn't have just because of effort at halftime and you know they had 36 in this game so you know transition defense is becoming a little bit of a concern for this team and is it laziness is it positioning is it just the you know lackadaisical approach some teams take this time of year um i know i've heard in you know different spots a weight team even had a stretch like this around january february uh that you just don't care as much, especially going against this kind of team. So you get it. You get that mindset. You know, I asked Chris So at what point do you start to take that slippage seriously and tighten up a little bit? And I think they're probably getting to that point a little bit. And, you know, they've really drilled some stuff hard in recent practices. I think Joe's talked a lot about how just situationally they're making some mistakes in key positions. And, you know, he said they went through a walkthrough this morning That actually came up in the game. So, Joe's mindset is that he's happy they're having these kind of games to try to figure things out in those moments. And if you win, I guess it's not the biggest deal in the world. And they did have some really nice stretches to win this game. Uh, But it just feels like this racing train that looked like it was going to be an 08 regular season or, you know, one of the best regular seasons in Celtics history. Probably not the case. Um, And listen, Jimmy, they've been missing guys in certain games and You know, they've Mm -hmm. been resting guys and stuff. So on those nights, I think you have to take that into consideration. The frustration on a night like this is you're at home. You're fairly rested. Everybody's playing. And it really is a dreadful Wizards team on that other side that just made some trades and stuff, too. So they're, you know, missing their center tonight. I get Joe's sentiment that you're not just going to walk out there and win by 40. But you shouldn't give up 71 in the first half. I mean, that was tough to watch. So they got to tighten up. I mean, there's just... You're not going to win the championship in February against the Wizards. But there does have to be a general sense of urgency about this season, of habit building, of consistency, and and just seriousness
0: about the task at hand, right? Absolutely. You got to form good habits in the regular season and those carry over to the playoffs. Our good friends at HelloFresh, guys. So HelloFresh.com slash free. You want to use the code seal and free and get free breakfast for life guys what is hello fresh you get farm fresh pre-portioned ingredients and seasonal recipes delivered right to your doorstep skip trips to the grocery store and count on hello fresh to make home cooking easy fun and affordable that's why it's america's number one meal kit yesterday was sunday let's be honest you sat on the couch and you watched football all day and you didn't go food shopping well that's okay because if you had hello fresh you'd get your food delivered right to your door so you wouldn't have to go waste a sunday at the supermarket and fight through lines and deal with annoying people you wouldn't have to do any of those things Shroud, right i mean exactly that's that's that's, my uh, dog yeah yeah. that's my dog exactly so you want to enjoy your sundays you want the food delivered to your door healthy not the takeout trash that, you know, <laughs> is it going is, is to fall in line with your New Year's resolutions and your new diet and everything like that? So HelloFresh comes in. It makes saving time. Um, your breeziest resolution with quick, immediate recipes delivered right to you. You can choose your meals and select your delivery date. They handle the meal planning and shopping. All you have to do is open your weekly box of pre portioned ingredients and step-by-step recipes to get to cooking. I know Bobby's had it. And you guys, guys, the... Uh, the the food's legit it, it's it's better it's than what you're gonna figure out on your own like if you're a bachelor out there and you just don't want to cook but you want to maybe like start that you know at some point guys we do have to grow up a little bit we still have to start cooking things and I think HelloFresh is a good enough entry. with the apps they're those stupid exactly. apps on your phone you're like fifty dollars to get oh my god you're not even gonna say their names <laughs> because they're such a rip off and it, it, it's bad it's getting worse too so Go to HelloFresh.com slash free and use the code CLNSFree for free breakfast for life. That's one breakfast item per box while subscription is active. That's free breakfast for life at HelloFresh.com slash free with code free. We actually have a clip of your question to KP. Amit is going to toss it up there for us all to marvel at. I I don't think like... um oh, like we, we need to overreact now because we haven't been playing or maybe like beating everybody by 30 lately, like we did at the beginning of the season. Um, we can play better, for sure we can play better. Uh, and I think, I think all of us like individually, we have to look at the things that we can do better. Um, but overall, there's gonna be different nights and like variations of the games. And some teams are gonna shoot crazy like the Lakers game. You know, and, and it's just, you know, you, just, you kind of lose some of the games, even if you're, you know, the better team on paper. Um, of course,
3: we don't have a, we don't want to have bad habits, um, but I don't think we're nowhere near there. And, and I think uh, the coaching staff is doing a great job of having us, you know, do the, do the necessary things to keep building towards. Uh... Yeah, I mean. Mm-hmm. I, 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 yeah, I
1: guess it is. Yeah, I mean, he. he He makes a good point about the fact that um, you can't overreact to these type of games. Uh, And and, and something that Joe, and again, Jimmy, we talked about this a little bit earlier, but the the point that Joe made about Washington does not typically shoot this way, uh, to me, it's a a twofold issue there. He's right. They don't normally shoot that well. But is it more of them just having a good night shooting the ball, or is there some defensive deficiency that's allowing them to shoot that well. And I thought this, this was a game of both. I thought that a lot of the shots that Washington was getting, that they were knocking down were the kind of shots that if you're an NBA player, you should be making those shots. Uh, if you're pull, if you're coming out in transition and the Celtics are just, you know, they're, they're rolling back, rolling back. And they give you like a good four or five feet to raise up from three point range. You should make that shot. Uh, and in Washington, I thought did a decent amount of knocking down those type of shots. So, uh, I don't think you hit the panic button or anything like that, but you, you no. need to be at least aware that you got to do better in that regard. You've you got to close out better. You've got to, you know, fight through screens. You, you've got to, you know, not allow them to just keep swinging the ball without any type of stress or, 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 you know, resistance, uh, for them doing that and then the Celtics just didn't do a really good job in that regard you know overall tonight especially as Bobby pointed out the transition game where they were they had a 36-18 they doubled the Celtics in, in uh, fast break points 36-18 mm-hmm. we, we shouldn't let that shouldn't be happening not to an elite defensive team and, and listen
2: everyone's going to get on Joe and and rightfully so to quote Marcus Smart but <laughs> it's on a player at a certain my guy It's on a player at a certain point, right? To step up in these kind of situations and assert some level of seriousness. And one thing I did like about that Lakers game, Jimmy, is that you did see Tatum on the sideline showing some demonstrative, you know, show of urgency. there, talking to teammates and, uh, you know, saying after the game, you know, that you got to be better in these spots. You got to make adjustments after the Clippers game, some stuff like that. And, you know, John says it all the time. The whip service after the game doesn't mean a ton. You know, there's probably things being said internally on how to tighten up right now. But there's still a general feel of, yeah, whatever, it's fine. You know, it's not a big deal. And I think that does, to some respect, reflect the mindset of the team. You know, especially when you hear from Chris Stapps right there saying that, yeah, it's fine. And again, we know these are veterans. We know this stuff happens across the league. This isn't just a Celtics problem here. But this wasn't happening early in the season. They were playing with a level of consistency. And one of the things I think even Joe talked about early in the year was their ability to take care of business in these spots. You know, the Bulls game, Joe wasn't saying after that one, you know, whether you win by three or whether you win by 40, it was fine. He thought it could be a lesson that, you know, you go up by 10, 20 against a team like the Bulls, and then you bring it to 30, 40. Like the in-season tournament, they were going for that scoring margin, and he thought, you know, this could be a lesson in some other games against these kind of teams on how you just put them away, and most importantly, Sherrod, sit your starters down and get them some rest. Yeah, that's not. Yeah, they we should talk, not have yeah, to play 30 minutes with their starters to beat this team.
1: We literally had that conversation earlier in, on the show. <laughs> I, and I, I was making that point to Jimmy that, you know, th- that was one of my disappointments in this game. The fact that Tatum's out there for 38 minutes, Jalen plays like 35, 36. They had like three or four guys that were playing in mid to high thirties. When uh, a team that has basically, what are we are talking about? Maybe a third or fourth number of, of wins that you have, you shouldn't have to extend yourself like this. And the Celtics, that to me was a disappointment because, you know, it's, it's a long season and any chance you can ha- you have to give your core guys, you know, cut back their minutes a little bit and still emerge victorious. You need to take advantage of that. And because of, I think, the way they played in the first half, they didn't allow that to happen. Uh, and even though they had that great surge in the third quarter where they went up by as many as 15, they still didn't deliver the kind of. Impactful dominant putting this team away for now and we're just not going to have to deal with them type of, of of effort and performance i mean you have to go by at least 20 25 points against a team like this at some point and that just yeah, that just they never
2: they never centered a night shroud right and you know to their credit they did get the ball in some good positions i thought to score against that weakness and the one thing i like that Joe said after the game is yeah, in a matchup like this, you do have to shift the ball a little bit more inside. And I thought they mm-hmm. utilized Porzingis tremendously. Uh, this was maybe his most dominant scoring night with the team in this one. And it was all at the basket. Uh, his efficiency in there was incredible he missed one at one point got it right back and put it in and it was like whoa because those have been like 70 percent shots for him Uh, and Mm -hmm. you know it's like eight feet out sometimes but he still was putting it right up over these guys so you know they found the mismatches in these games i thought the offense was good it's that transition defense that i killed them in this one there was just a lackadaisical approach to the defensive side of the ball that uh, put them in a dangerous position in this game. It did feel like for a little bit there, Jimmy. This was creeping on a loss, and then they went on that phenomenal run to close the There third it is, four to nine.
0: Phenomenal! Uh, it was a great third quarter.
2: Absolutely. Shout out to Pritchard. You know, I, the bench keeps getting a lot of crap. <laughs> People want Lonnie Walker to replace them, and you know there was just a lot of anxiety about the bench
0: going into the deadline. I thought they were awesome in this game. There's another one yeah. where I felt like they We haven't sure. talked about them at all, so feel free to talk about Pritchard Furman. I mean, guy almost had two half-court shots. I mean, he had two, but electric one,
2: moments in the building, that was, too. Yeah.
0: That, was, yeah. I mean, that even got me out of my seat, that second one. I thought that was I, wish I that thought was that was good. good. Yeah, that was just, that was sweet. And, and,
2: and that was these, awesome. are, you know, Ahmed actually said it to me, Jimmy. Why isn't O'Shea Brissett playing in a game like this where the energy's an issue, where the effort's an issue? Mm-hmm. Those bench guys are going to give you that. And it's going to take a little bit of a load off your starters. And Tatum looked like was supposed to rest this game. He was on the injury report with the illness. And, you know, we know how it goes. He wants to play all these mm-hmm. games, so he probably fought his way into it. But this was an opportunity to get some Brissette minutes in and, you know, play Pritchard a little bit more, which I felt like they did in in the second half. And he was tremendous. And this is what he's given you this year. Some good energy, some good shot making, rebounding. I think he had six in this game, an occasional burst of playmaking as well. Uh, And, you know, the defense can be an issue sometimes, but they play good together as a team. And, you know, I don't know how much you talked about, uh, you know, Brad's comments this morning, Jimmy, but he said that was the biggest reason. He kept this bench together, he kept this rotation together because you know we kicked around piling up the whole bench and going again in a Linux or you know, some kind of bench score a proven rotation level player who's a borderline starter. But, you know, they kept Cornett in here, they kept Hauser Pritchard as your bench into the playoffs because they've played well all year all three of those guys I think have played well all year and they've played well together, which is what Brad said this morning. And so that's the important thing over multiple years, that group has built a chemistry a togetherness an ability to do the little things that supports the starters. And I think that's the most important thing with this team is you don't have bench guys who are trying to get their own shots or you are know, trying to do too much. They're doing things in support of the best players on the team here. I think that Bobby
1: that, that latter that last point you made I think is why Brad decided to keep him because remember pitcher had a just a putrid stretch This year and Luke had stretches where he was a non-factor and Sam, he had his, his low points as well, but they have collectively figured out how to play well as a unit uh, where even when they've had individual struggles per se. And I think if you're Brad, you know, if you look at the guys that they added, particularly Xavier Tillman, you have a specialist, a guy that does one thing really well, and you may, you're not going to need it every night, but you might need it against the Knicks. You might need it against, you know, you know, a team that play, that has a, a certain high level of physicality and he can bring that to you. And I think if you're Brad, that made the most sense as opposed to going out and getting, let's say, a Kelly Olenek, who can do some really nice things for you. But does he address a need that you currently have? Uh, you have guys who can stretch the floor in the front court with Porzingis and Al Hopper. So you don't necessarily need someone to do that. But could you use another big who can be physical? Uh, can it has a certain level of switchability defensively and isn't going to get in the way of your offense because they need the damn ball? Not you didn't have that guy, but now you do with Xavier. Uh, so it makes a, it, The more you think about it, it makes sense for Brad to try to keep the bench band together. And then add to that guys who have a very specific skill and strength that addresses an area where you need some you need to strengthen up.
2: Um, And one guy on this bench does one thing well specifically across the board, and so now you add an element of on-ball defense against bigger guys, uh, which you didn't have before. You know, you might have tried to throw Brissette into that spot, but that's not his strength. He's he's not physical
1: enough, right?
2: Yeah, you have a rim protector in Cornette. You have an on-ball defender in Tillman now, offensive rebounder in Brusette, a shooter in Hauser, and a you know shooting ball handling guard in Pritchard. And
0: what do you think of this guy, Jaden Springer? Solid.
2: He's really young. Yeah, who's, he's a prospect, and you know Brad talked this, about that
0: today. I got this question. I don't. Does, does he mean Jaden? And he said Jared. How do you guys feel about Jared getting Rob's number? It feels a little Rob backwards. Rube. Someone,
2: someone tweeted me. Yeah, Rob Williams. Um,
0: <laughs> yeah, seriously though, why they didn't? I out of mind. I of sight out of mind. Yeah. How no, do we they, feel? They that, that's a question for John Zanis. We'll have to ask him on Sunday how we. No, I think it's it's. Here. Oh well,
2: this guy's talking about that. Yeah, but someone else tweeted me, Jimmy, about how it felt a little backwards because Tillman got twenty six, feels more like a guard's number, and mm-hmm. Springer got forty four, which. It's kind of weird. I think Banton had a weird number too, didn't he? Like 77 or something like that. So who's Banton? I don't remember <laughs> any named <player they laughs> <have. Okay. laughs>
0: Yeah,
2: Banton uh, was doomed, doomed from the
0: number. Doomed from the number.
2: He stayed <laughs> ready, but he never never got called. Yeah, but.
0: Ready, ready for the flight out of town, I guess.
2: But this was a savvy move, Jimmy. And listen, I think the Sixers fans, because obviously oh 45. Thanks, Luke. Uh <laughs> The Sixers fans were freaking out a little bit about this one, Jimmy, because they did effectively give up a guy they drafted a couple years ago just for some luxury tax relief here. It mm-hmm. feels like, and to you know, open a roster spot for Lowry or whatever the hell they're going to do here. So you know, Dal Morley was even getting some questions about it today, and the one thing he said was that he feels like he's, he feels like Springer is a long way away, and they needed an impact more immediate. Uh, for their team. And that's fine. But the Celtics can afford to wait on a guy like this. I mean, think about how many guys they're developing at this point. Right. Walsh. Uh, uh, Davison, Peterson.
1: Peterson. Yeah. So, Adam
2: him to that mix. You know, he's going to be a stay-ready guy, Jimmy. You know, I don't think he's here to steal Pritchard's role. Right.
3: No. But not yet. you went out
2: – you went out and let's. See, I, I think people should think about it like this. You were gonna have the forty-first pick in this year's draft. They pretty much used 40, 41 on a guy who was drafted in the late twenties, I think. Yeah, so, late first
1: round, like twenty-eight or something like that.
2: So you bought low on a highly rated prospect uh, who wasn't you,
3: getting
1: the appropriate right. attention where he was. And then you threw in a couple of middle schoolers, you know. Just to make yeah. make everything where twenty seven and thirty. And to me, that that's Brad is is you know Brad's been pretty candid about team building, knowing that you're going to have a number of guys making major major dollars. So you got to fill the, you know that bench and develop guys on low money contracts, uh, and that's that's what they're doing. I mean, they're they're basically building that. That second unit with guys that have tremendous upside, but they have some kinks or some knocks against them, and they're going to try to smooth those out before you know. And his is the offense,
2: Sherrod. You look at the numbers, they're rough. He doesn't really have much of an offensive game at all. Uh, I think, no, other than layups, other than layups and
1: dunks, layups and dunks.
2: Yeah. Yeah. And you know, he was was pretty high on uh, KOC's uh, big board that year in 2021. I think he came in at 24th. Loves the defense, called him a relentless defender on the ball, uh, but doesn't have much of a shot, barely pulled up from three at all in in his college days with Tennessee. And it's been a similar deal, 41% from the field through three years with Philly, 23% from three. So that's going to be the difficulty, Jimmy, playing him for long stretches. I don't think that's in the cards this year. But let's say – you know, remember they used to go to Phil Pressey, Sherrod, and – Who's the other guy? Shane Larkin. Shank Larkin you know, yes. lo- Shane Larkin. Yes.
1: We love. I
0: love Shane Larkin. I did too. Hey. Nasty. They
1: Shane went to Larkin those guys. is killing it overseas, but that's another story, another day. I'm not
0: surprised. They, he was nasty. They went to those years. guys
2: for. They went to those guys for a little change of pace sometimes, and those guys were mm-hmm. like the third, fourth guard on the roster.
3: Mm-hmm. Right. You can
2: do that with J D. Davis, and you probably can do that with Springer. And Brad actually said today, he has the athleticism to play in the playoffs. I don't know if that was just like a stumble on his words, but he threw the word playoffs in there.
1: Bobby, this is is what I I think people are are losing sight of, okay? Philadelphia is going to be a one-man team without Joel, and it's going to be Max's team. Mm -hmm. This guy has been in that Mm -hmm. mix for multiple years. If anyone knows how to not shut him down, because Max I think is just too good to shut down, but at least knows how to address him, attack him those type of things defensively. This might be that that wild card that, that they can throw out there uh, in yeah. a series against Philadelphia that Philadelphia probably wouldn't see coming.
2: And they're going to teach him, Sherrod, the same thing they taught yeah. Banton. Screen a ton, roll a ton, offensive rebound, and just be a garbage man out there on offense. If you're not going to be able to shoot, if you're not going to be able to create your own shot or do any of those things, You're bringing it on defense. I mean, he is in the – I think Chris Forsberg tweeted out, Jimmy, he's in the 99th percentile, in limited minutes, of course, for blocks and steals among guards. Uh, So he's been producing on the defensive end when he's gotten out there. It's just the zero on offense, and Philly couldn't figure out a way to use him. But Celtics do like using these guys as screeners, as rollers, as cutters. So – they're gonna they're gonna work on that with him, and I already mm-hmm. saw him in the locker room with um his former assistant here is uh, Sam Cassell. Yeah,
0: uh, but he's got them, another. Uh, he's he's got another
2: former assistant here too, who was actually his development coach. Um, so I'm gonna pull up his name here, it but it seems uh, like a
0: good it seems like a good landing spot for him then, right? I mean, you can yeah. develop him a little bit off the court. Not saying and throw him in the fire here, but it's a guy that they're not they didn't trade Tyler, for for the playoffs. Tyler run,
2: Lashbrook, you know? yeah. Tyler Lashbrook was his um, development coach in Philly. This is his first year with the Celtics. So, you know, they're reuniting and they were getting right to work in the locker room before the game on some film. So,
3: yeah. uh,
2: they're going to, you know, they're going to be drilling him pretty hard to, you know, get some, uh, you know, playing time here. And um, I think he's going to be ready to go Sunday, probably. Um, I think Tillman's probably going to be a little bit more of a long term thing waiting on him uh, through really? some of the knee soreness there. But, um, Something you know, to I be think concerned
0: you'll
2: see, about or what? No, they just. I think it's just getting him right. You know, he missed those last four games uh, in the in his run with Memphis. Why even playing with, before
0: the? Why even playing before the All Star break? There's, there's
2: no rush, right? Yeah, right. you have three big men. Cato was here tonight. He wasn't active, but he can still use him if you really need to. Got right. a back to back next week, so I'm sure he'll be active for those. So, yeah, I don't. I don't know if you'll see Tillman
1: uh, before the break. Yeah, but the thing about the thing, just real quick, real quick. The thing about Jaden that I I think they should give some thought to is is pulling out the the old school starter kit for guards who can't score, cut to the basket. The Avery Bradley plan. Remember, Avery, Avery had no jump shot uh, for. A while and then, but he was still getting you 18 points because he was just simply cutting really hard to the basket, finding those seams, uh, and finishing at the basket. Doesn't round.
2: he remind you of that a little bit, Tron? I he does. I He used he to does. say it to Gary
1: Washburn all the time. I used to say elite,
0: elite cuts by Avery Bradley. I just kept saying it to Gary Washburn all the time and it used to drive him crazy. So, <laughs> next time, you guys send i this clip out of us talking about Avery Bradley's backdoor cuts. So maybe he'll finally believe me. I, I will be yeah, elite
1: cuts, elite cuts, elite
0: cuts.
2: We used to say that a little bit about um, about Romeo Sherrod. There was some parallels there too, but I feel like there's a little bit more athleticism because Avery <laughs> did come into Boston as, as like a leap through the roof kind of athlete, a real yeah. burst in transition, get blown by guys on those cuts. And you know he didn't have a shot when he first got here. He, right. he didn't have a handle when he first got here. So <laughs> he just had to do stuff like that uh, to get his minutes, right. but he was such a good defender he got into those games and it's going to be on Joe. Right. And, you know, Joe was talking a little bit before the game of, yeah, you know, we'll find some situations for these guys and, you know, it's going to kind of be a matchup thing as it always is for minutes. And he said that about some of the bench guys to start the year too, who ultimately never carved out spots. Even Brissette had to kind of fight his way back into this rotation. So, it's it's one of those things jimmy it's not just a joe thing it's a it's a coach thing Sherrod. you know coaches have their guys that they love Mm -hmm. that they lean on that they trust and here come two new guys that you know maybe don't know your system or your game plan as well as the guys who are already here so where can you Mm -hmm. fit those guys in that's going to be the challenge late in this season because you do have as you saw tonight eight guys you know who are already in this mix and who are already rolling to some degree so Uh, It's going to be, you know, along with some of the bumps and bruises both these guys are dealing with, a little bit of a process here to integrate them in. But you do want both of them, I think, ready for the playoffs because, listen, you're going to have to adjust, Jimmy, you know, whether it's lineups, whether it's game plan, whether it's matchups. And those are two guys, whether it's a guard who's really giving you trouble or a big man who's really giving you trouble. That's what they're here for. You got to use them in those circumstances and they got to be ready to go.
0: All right, one thing. I just want one thing because I don't want to bore people to death with a Brad press conference uh, segment. But what's one thing, if anything, that you took out of Brad's press conference today?
2: Yeah, I think it was the fact that they targeted a big man. And that was the only thing they felt like this team needed. Uh, so clearly there's a level of trust in Pritchard. Clearly there's a level of trust in Brissette. Uh, is that extra wing, and Hauser, too, certainly, who I think we already knew was going to be part of this mix here. Uh, And also an acknowledgement that there's a good thing here, and they didn't want to mess with it necessarily to try to get better, to try to bring in a big talent. And uh, I I do like the attention to detail, to go back to that Springer thing, of the long term. You know, Mm -hmm. John has said it. You got to start to think about draft picks. You got to start to think about prospects. And the way that they're starting to piece together some young guys here who can help them, I think, is pretty savvy. And they've already accomplished it with Cornet and Hauser, you know, turn them from some undrafted and unsung G-League guys into rotation players. That's the kind of way they're gonna have to do it here. Cause all they really have are second-round picks, late first. And i uh, one thing Brad said today is that you know, a guy like Springer, he's younger than a lot of people in this draft. In fact, he said he was younger than most of the people that they're looking at in this draft. So is that a new way for teams to get some value on guys, you know, guys who aren't working out in other places, go and buy low on them and then put them into your developmental program. And, uh, you know, some teams have had some success with that, namely the heat. And, you know, you can think of some others who have done it well too. So, we complained for so long, Jimmy, they can't develop young guys. They can't find unsung guys. And yep. they're starting to do it now. And that's another credit yep. to Brad. He's made the big moves, but now he's trying to make the small moves to help them too.
0: Mm-hmm. Figured out that he needs to, he's going to run out of money if he doesn't. Right. Um, yeah, All right, guys, absolutely. That, we're going to, we're going to wrap it up here, but before we do, I got to do one last topic that we haven't had a chance to really talk to. I know you guys probably talked about it yesterday, Bobby. Old friend Grant Williams, I knew it. Williams. I, I, knew I it. Sherrod, you know I couldn't. You could, I couldn't skip. Damn it!
1: I thought we were gonna get away with not talking about my boy Grant. Old Damn it.
0: friend Grant Williams, he That's was my guy. Booted. I don't know. Did they even give him a? Did they even give him a plane to fly out of Dallas, or did they just tell him to hit hit the road? Did Traded they call the
1: lift? Did they call a lift for him so they, he could <laughs> get to the airport on time? Traded to the, the physical
0: for PJ Washington. Seth Curry and a first and pick, a hell of a return um for the Mavs. But a little bit, a little bit of extra news coming out today. And I don't know you can you can believe it or not, is that part of the this is a report from I think Tim McMahon. Is that his name? Yeah, it's, it's Tim. It's Tim. He's, a, he's, a, he's a big name in the in the Mavs, in the Mavs uh beat world. McMahon, and I don't know, yeah. I don't know how well he's liked by by some of those players. Certainly Luca has has had his run-ins, but um he's reporting that part of the reason. Grant was shipped out of town is because he changed his sneakers from Luca's signature sneaker to Tatum's signature sneaker. And maybe that rubbed Luca the wrong way. But I think prior to that, he was rubbing guys the wrong way. And they said that they just had to get rid of him. Is anybody surprised to at least hear that he was rubbing guys the wrong way and that they just had to say, dude, like, we can't deal with you anymore?
1: No, it's it's not a surprise. I mean, we've been around Grant enough to know that he is an acquired taste. Not everyone can That's putting grant. it nicely. Yeah. Um, uh, and, you know, even guys that love him on his team will point out that he could be a pain in the ass. Sometimes He can be really annoying. And for Dallas, you just look at, I mean, you look at the two heads of the snake there, Luca and Kyrie grant doesn't seem like the type that would fit in seamlessly with those guys. Um, and so it's not a surprise. It's, it's not. Uh, and they got to I mean, and a Lucas a little bitch give. too, though. I can definitely see him being like, "Get this guy out of here." He's not even wearing my sneakers. He's not anymore. wearing my sneakers. Yeah, yeah. 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 that's yeah. that's so damn petty. though. I'm sorry. You're gonna trade it. The of all the reasons you could possibly have to get rid of a teammate because he doesn't wear my damn sneakers. Come on, seriously, <laughs> seriously.
0: I don't know. It's, Lucas, it's, got, that, it's Lucas got that like.
1: It's he, just a smoke screen like, to, to a say a, I don't like dude. you. Get the hell out of Get, yeah. get, yeah. get, get the hell out of town. I don't like you. I'm going to come up with some bullshit.
0: How many conversations you do you think Kyrie Irving had with Grant Williams? Like, honestly. Zero.
1: Zero.
3: Zero.
0: Kyrie doesn't even know. There was did. a photo early
2: on of him turning down the bench, talking to him, and Kyrie's just kind of staring back. Listen, yeah. I know he's a handful. I know he's loud. We heard it here. All his teammates here said the same thing openly. And... It's part of the experience, and I'm sure he was trying to lead the guys. Remember at the beginning of camp, he was giving like a little speech to the guys in a circle and all that. The fact is, I'm sure all this stuff's true (laughs) and the conjecture and everything else. and I'm sure there were some annoyances in terms of him in the room, but at the end of the day, they trade him because he wasn't playing well. Uh, and he lost his starting yeah. spot. and
0: You can't be annoying out. and suck. You can be annoying and be good. You can't be annoying and suck. That's not And
2: you have nice. to be confident, too. And it feels like he lost that confidence a little bit. Now, he was still shooting well from three. I still think he gives you some positional versatility defensively. I mean, he's not a guy who's going to make it. He's not Rudy Gobert. He's not going to transform your defense just by being there. But I think as part of a bunch of other guys who are defending, he can be a nice piece. And that's what he was in Boston here. And I still think... He's the guy he was in Boston, a defensive shot maker uh, who needs to focus on a narrow role. So I'm going to put most of the blame on the Mavs.
0: You're not ready to go apology cam on this yet?
2: No, because I think this is a dumb move by the Mavs. You go out and trade a first to make... So maybe here you look at this and say yes, but remember what they gave up to get Grant. They had to trade a first to clear some space to get him... And then they had to trade three seconds to the Celtics for the sign and trade. So that's a first and three seconds to bring him in. And now you're giving up another first to send him out. For a guy in P.J. Washington who you could have signed last summer. He was a free that's agent. That's the crazy he was just part. there. Yeah. 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 It's like, we listen, don't want Washington. that car. And then What's six the months later, was we're going to – What's that? Uh, there's a first going to uh, Dallas. Seth Curry Dallas. is going to – Uh, To Charlotte, rather, Um, yeah. So, uh, Seth, this this graphic's throwing me off here. Curry's going to. Not, it's not accurate. I don't think. Then, right? It's just out of order. It's out of order. Curry's going to Charlotte. uh, Washington's going to Dallas. Grant's going to Charlotte with a first. So they're sending a first to Charlotte to dump Grant and take in Washington.
0: They they, they got PJ Washington, who's a I would think most people would say is a, a better player than Grant. Right. Yeah,
2: worse three-point shooter, better two-point shooter,
0: and uh, they, taller,
2: yeah. and they ha- has more offensive upside in terms of creating his own shot. He's a little inconsistent. Uh, he's de- not the same defender Grant is, and he's a little more expensive, too. Grant was making 12. I think PJ's making like 16, 17. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I don't like it. I don't think it changes much. Maybe he'll play well for Dallas and give them higher upside and size on the wing, but it I think
0: it, it just goes frantic. to show that they, they, they made them. I think they're basically eating it, right? They're basically saying, yeah, this isn't going to work. Grant's not the right fit for this team. We're going to get a better player in order to do so. Yeah, we're going to have to give up another asset, another you know big asset. But this is how badly we need to make this move while we can. And
2: maybe they're right. Maybe they're right, their- but it still looks dysfunctional. Yeah. It still looks frantic. It still looks panicky. Right. Uh, and I don't think it solves their biggest issues. Their best players don't defend well uh, and Kyrie's injured all the time. And Luca uh, had does so much to their benefit and also their uh, detriment because he tires himself out late in these games. And all these other guys are just kind of standing around waiting for him to throw them the ball. And, uh, you know, you thought grant might benefit from that. Just having to stay in the corner and shoot threes. And listen, Grant shares some of this blame because I think he left Boston saying I can do more. Mm -hmm. I can be a guy who creates off the dribble. I can be a guy who goes into the paint and shoots there. And even Emei said a couple of years ago, Grant's at his best when he's focused on a narrow role. And, you know, is this a humbling moment for him, you know, going to a Charlotte team that's going to really be bad for the rest of the year? Who knows what he ends up this off season, but, um, that's what you got to hope for. If, if you're rooting for Grant going forward is that, he does kind of look at things and say, all right, Boston, what I was doing in Boston was really where I was my, my most successful. And right. Listen, you know me, Jimmy. I'd, I'd love to have him back on this team one day, um, you know, at the right price and right role and all the rest. So who knows? Maybe yeah, you'd like to have, you'd like to have Fournier. More.
0: You'd like to have Hayward. you like to have Grant. You'd like to have Marcus. If it was up to you, Bobby, it would just be like the 2018 team forever. I gave like, – yeah. I gave 2019 a 2019 team forever.
2: I think I gave an apology cam on Fournier, but I will not I give one did. on Grant yet.
1: You won't give one on Grant yet. That's you forgot about good. Terry Rozier. You forgot about bringing back Terry Rozier. Uh, I will bring I, T. Rose back if would, back.
0: That's that's one guy I would bring back is T. Row. T. Rowe can I wasn't uh yeah. I wasn't
1: doing
2: the show then, but I did want <laughs> Hayward back.
0: You did, but that's okay. I think a
2: lot. You of like the Hayward to play. OKC move, Jimmy?
0: Doesn't matter. I mean, yeah, I, from OKC, from OKC. Sure. Why not? I mean, we, Hayward still got a little bit left to play there. I mean, it, it, I think it's safe to say his career in, in Charlotte went a lot like his career everywhere else he's played. It was unfinished, right? I yeah. mean, it was an injury marred and unfortunately he hasn't really been able to show his stuff since that injury, which we don't need to even talk about. Right. So, um, if you if you're the Thunder, you get a guy who can still shoot. It's not like he forgot how to shoot. Um, what's his role going to be? How is he going to interact with um, SGA and 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 that team there? I guess we'll find out. But for me, for, you know, if I'm if I'm OKC, why not? You know, they want to be a contender, and he doesn't need to be the number one guy or the number two guy on that team, right? I mean, he he's going to fit into his role there and slide in and give them some scoring in in certain situations, and that's really really all they can they can hope for. It's a flyer.
2: Yeah, that was one of my favorite moves of the day. I like Royce O'Neill to Phoenix. I think that fills a need when they didn't have much to give up. Uh, I love the Bogdanovich deal for New York. I uh, love this the one? Tillman deal for Boston. Eh, it's
1: fine. It's kind of interesting. Two, two, two. I'll make my
2: top five.
1: I love, I love Damon and, uh, you know, Patrick now being teammates.
0: Yeah. Well, I saw. I saw a clip of Pat Bev tonight uh, on on the Bucks bench, just like ripping into the team, and like he had the he had like the the you know the playbook in his hand or the the whiteboard on on you know it's Mm -hmm. like dude like you just got that why don't you just like take a step back for a second these guys don't probably do it yet. So so according
2: to him, according to him, the Celtics were looking to sign him last summer and. I don't know. After Grant and Smart go out the door doing this kind of stuff, are they going to bring in another guy doing that kind of stuff?
0: I know. I feel I like he, he would probably rub some guys. Speaking of rubbing guys the wrong way, I feel like Pat Bev might be one of those guys. Plays hard. Got to give him that. He plays hard, and he's a good. Defender. I like him on Philly. Yeah.
2: I think there's a serious no. question of whether Doc obviously obviously
0: Doc's guy. You know, I mean, Doc, I
2: was, I don't think it's going to help Milwaukee much, but I think there is a question of whether Philly's losing something here and they're going to bring in yeah. Kyle Lowry, obviously, but would you rather have Lowry or Beverly?
1: Ooh, I'd rather have Beverly.
0: And they trade him to Thank another you. contender too. It's interesting.
1: Yeah. I'd rather and, have I, Beverly. and I don't like Beverly, but I'd rather have him over Kyle. And they get Kyle. Kind of yeah. I'm not, not sure what do. Kyle
0: has, has left really. Right.
1: It, well, that's, that's what yeah. I'm saying. Like I,
2: He's a savvy player. He can still do things because he's smart, but physically and scoring wise, he doesn't. He doesn't bring the same uh, ability. Right. And you know, Philly's a weird team in all this, right? If Embiid's there, Heald it's a dangerous addition alongside Embiid. Uh, but if he's not there, it's like, why is Heald here on an expiring contract? And you know, what's Lowry doing here? So they're clearly putting together a team that, if Embiid comes back and go on a little bit of a run, but how far do they fall while he's out? Does he come back at all? Those are still serious questions there. So, you know, nothing happened in this deadline, Jimmy, that I think scares you as a Celtics fan. In
0: no, the nothing that was major, major NBA earth shattering stuff. I mean, there was the LeBron rumors that were floating around to keep things interesting, but nothing to that level, obviously, and nothing really close. So it's, in my opinion, you know, the, the Celtics, they're currently at the top. I think it's it's their conference to lose. Let's put it that way. Yeah. Once we get to the playoffs. And if they do make it to the finals, that's a whole nother story, but you got to like where this team's at right now, especially after another night of, we didn't, you didn't really get a chance to talk about him too much, Bobby, but we'll get into it another time. But Porzingis, they're getting him more involved now. And if they can get him to be that, like, I mean, man, he could be their first, second, third best guy on any given night, um, just by using him more and giving him the ball and and to say, Hey, do your thing. It doesn't really matter where you are. Just be aggressive and shoot over the defender. They get into that mindset. They're going to be a hard team to stop, um, you know, assuming they can stay healthy. So that's going to do it for us, guys. Again, we want to thank FanDuel, uh, great sponsor of ours. Get $200 in bonus bets. If your first bet of five dollars or more wins, visit FanDuel.com slash Boston. Bobby, I did get Sherrod's, um bet, uh, if you will, for Sunday's big game. He is going with the Chiefs plus two and a half. What is your bet going to be?
2: I like the Chiefs. Uh, I, I feel like I just have to go Niners because it feels like the whole Ooh. world is betting the Chiefs right now. And there's got to be something. Is on the Chiefs.
0: Public is on the Chiefs. Currently. In an
2: overwhelming way, right? So you, you look at that and you start to think, all right, what's going on here? Now, I hate giving up points. I would have loved Jimmy right away, right when the Chiefs won. They were plus three and a half. I think that was the magic number right when it came out. But, you know, again, there was an explosion of bets on the Chiefs. Uh, Sure, there still are. So it's clearly going to be a tight game. It's clearly going to be a contested game. I think it's going to be a great one, you know, a memorable one between these two teams here. Uh, Can Mahomes carve it out at the end? Can he have more magical moments here? Because they've really had a fight, you know, to win these last two games here. This Niners team's loaded, and I think people are overlooking that a little bit. People are probably overlooking Purdy a little bit. I think he's better than he's getting credit for, and their defense is a monster. I'm with as you. Well.
0: I'm with you, Bobby. I'm going Niners. I think the Niners are a stronger team from top to bottom. The Chiefs, I'll give them credit. They found ways to win in the playoffs. It hasn't been a strong Chiefs team this year, and I had Mahomes as my fantasy quarterback this year. He was me- he was mediocre, like as far as Mahomes. But they've been fans. a different so,
2: team in the playoffs.
0: They have been, but now they're going to play a team that. Deserves to be there in the Niners. The Ravens beat themselves last week or two weeks ago. If the if the Niners can limit the mistakes and Purdy can limit the interceptions, feed Christian McCaffrey, feed you know Debo Samuel's another offensive weapon who can run the ball and and obviously a good catcher, a good receiver, catcher. What am I talking about? Um, I just <laughs> think that they're a team that's going to be difficult to to take down. It's going to be close. It is going to be a good game. I'm excited for it. I will be hosting. Mm-hmm. Gonna have some food going, so it should be a fun. Yes, time probably. To are you gonna be in Miami? Miami. You and I've Joe Sway are going more. to Miami.
2: Yeah, we're gonna have to find a spot to watch it. Of course, the Celtics are on it two that day, so join us for a uh, post game right yeah, after. Yeah, so we're gonna and, say,
0: we gotta, we're gonna have a nice run up to the Super Bowl. We're gonna have Joe Joe Sway and Bobby live in Miami, assuming they make the game, I do and I'll be all partying <laughs> too hard Saturday night in Miami. I have uh, never
2: needed a road trip more. I'm looking forward to this one.
0: You know what, Bobby? You deserve it. You deserve a road trip. How about that? So, yeah, you guys are going to Miami, and then what? Is it just?
2: Uh, Brooklyn on Tuesday.
0: Okay, there you go. Miami and Brooklyn. So, keep it locked on CLNS. We will see you guys Sunday. Enjoy your weekend, and we will hit the outro. Peace. (laughs) Hold up, that was the that was the intro. Hold up, hold up, hold up. Where's the outro, dude? Hold on. Here it is. Wait, amit has got an outro for us, I think. No, he doesn't. He said he was going to work on an outro. He
2: had a phenomenal game. Phenomenal. <laughs> <Man. laughs> out for I, don't, I think it's an option. <laughs> that did not sound like a chair. It was a freaking chair.